Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. In today's episode, I want to share with you the tips and tricks that I use to pull myself out of a bout of anxiety or depression. So, on my wall, and displayed in a prominent location, I've got a piece of paper that's tied with mental health checklist. And under that, I've written, when feeling depressed, anxious, manic, or dissociated, try the following. They've helped you in the past and will help you again. And then I've got a list of six things that I know have helped me in the past to get myself out of a bad mental state. So I put this on my wall for a couple of reasons. The main one being that when I'm in a bad mental state, I struggle to remember anything else. For example, if I'm depressed, I feel like I've always been depressed. If I'm anxious, I feel like I've always been anxious. And, you know, if I think back to stuff that's happened in the past, I'll, I'll see it through the lens of what I'm currently suffering through now. Um, and it's very hard for me to, to see clearly that my mental health goes up and down. And it's, it's, it's quite easy to get to, to believe that I've always, I was always depressed. I was always feeling bad. So having it written there that these things have helped me in the past and will help again shows me that there is a way out of it, and I've done it before. The second reason for having it up on the wall and written there is almost like it's a promise to myself. When, when I'm feeling quite low, I struggle with the motivation to do anything and the belief that anything will actually help if I do do stuff. So having it written up on the wall, stated that it's helped before, shows me that these things do actually work for me at least and that I should try them because it's very easy to get into this malaise of not trying because you don't think anything will work because you think nothing ever works because you've always been in that state. So I want to do my best to try and, you know, jolt myself out of that and get back to normal functioning as soon as possible to break those um, non-helpful thought cycles and just get myself back on the road to recovery. So I'm going to take you through what's on my list here. The first thing is exercise. Um, and for me, that means weights, running, stretching, or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. All of those things um, are quite physical, obviously. And whenever you do anything physical, there's a release of endorphins and hormones in your brain that basically make you feel good. It, it feels good to do something physical. It feels good to lift weights, to run, to wrestle with someone, to stretch. When your body moves, it changes your brain. So for me, I, I learned that from experience. If I, if I go for too long without exercising, I feel bad. But if I'm already in a down state, if I go to the gym, I start feeling good again. So I need to remind myself that although I might not feel like doing it at the time, I need to just go and the reward will come afterwards. So I want to try and do my best to check it and get into the gym as soon as possible. The second one's sort of similar, um, and it's the title's Shock to the System. So next to Shock to the System, I've got cold shower, sprints, and spicy food. When I'm stuck inside my head ruminating, I, I'm either, you know, worried about the future, or regretful, or sad about my past. But the thing is, I'm not in the present moment. But if I was to get into a shower 
full blast cold, or have really spicy food, or sprint down the road. In those instances, I'm forcing myself back into the present moment. I can't be worried about a future thing if there's an ice cold shower blasting me. I can't be thinking of my past if my mouth is burning from spicy food. And I suppose it's sort of self-torture, but these activities aren't in themselves that bad. It's more that it forces me to be present, and the, the, the act of getting back into the present moment is what I'm after. Because from that state of nowness, I can actually start to deconstruct what's happening in my brain before the, the cloud of depression or anxiety sweeps back over me. It gives me a bit of respite from what's happening. From there I've got the third thing, which is meditation. Now, meditation in this context could be anything from, say, a 20-minute seated meditation where I'm sitting, looking at a candle, timer on, focusing on my breath, letting any thoughts that come to mind pass, and just bringing my attention back to my breath. Or it could go to something like a present state, state awareness activity, and this will be... Um, like focusing on what I can see, what I can hear, what I can touch, what I can taste, what I can smell. Deep breaths in between. The idea of both of these is to once again get into the present moment. So with the present state awareness, focusing on what I can currently sense by, by focusing on what I can actually see right now, I have to be present. You know, if I'm looking at a leaf, that's what I'm trying to focus on and that's what I'm really trying to really just see it for what it is. I'm not thinking about the future. I'm not thinking about the past. What can I see right in this instant now? Give it a try and you might be able to realize that you're actually seeing more than you first were perceiving. It'll force you into the present. The fourth, the fourth thing on my list is read and write. So I've got there read fiction. The reason I say read fiction is that through fiction you get to live another life. You get to escape into a world that is, or could be, completely alien to yours, with adventures and actions and things happening in there that could never quite happen in your own universe. Which, and that escapism is, is obviously, I feel, quite, quite helpful. But beyond that, when you're reading, you have to actually be, once again, present to the moment. For me to read a book, physically hold the book open and read it and focus on what's happening. I have to be right there. I can't be listening to music or talking to someone or thinking about anything else. I have to be looking at the words and focusing on what the author's trying to say. It forces me into the present. So what you get is this dual thing of being forced into the present moment, but also escaping. And so, so it becomes quite a blissful experience. So I've also got writing. Now, for me, writing is probably the best therapy I've ever done. When my therapist suggested that I write down my thoughts, I was initially sceptical. Um, I've never considered myself to be a good writer, or that I would even enjoy the process, but I gave it a shot. Um, initially, I was just writing just what came to mind, but then I ended up writing down stuff that had happened to me and how I was feeling at the time about that, and just started to get my thoughts clarified and down on a page. The act of doing so really helped me to see see myself and see my past and sort of put things into perspective. So from there it became, um, you know, a massive project for me to basically write a book about my past 
and then from there I've started blogging and talking about it and sharing it, partly because it helps me and partly because it helps other people. It's sort of a dual purpose. I'm using my therapy to help myself and to help others. I'm not suggesting that you need to share your story, but at least give writing a try. The fifth thing on there is be logical. Now, when, when I'm anxious or depressed or just in a bad mental state, thoughts that go through my mind are quite literally irrational. I'll think the worst of every situation or the worst of most people. And it'll go completely against what I know those people to do and what I know statistics to be. You know, a very basic example is, you know, I might be afraid of driving because of getting into a crash or, you know, that someone will think the worst of me or say the worst of me or believe the worst of me, even though I've never gone into a crash and those people have never done anything to me to make me feel that way. But for whatever reason, these thoughts will pop into my mind. So what I've got, what I've got written down is explicitly state your thoughts and compare them to statistics. I found that, you know, potentially using the above example of writing, but if I explicitly state I'm thinking this and say it out loud or write it down and then reread it and analyze it, I can see just how ridiculous my thoughts at the time were. And I suppose to give you an example of this, for anyone that's anxious out there, when has the worst thing that you've been worried about actually come true? You know, I've asked that question to so many people and not one person has said every time or even once. You know, bad things happen, but I've never seen somebody's worst anxieties come true. And I'm sure, it, obviously, it has happened to some people, but it's very, very rare. And and just consider it for yourself. Think of everything you've been ever, ever been anxious about. How many different variations of futures you've thought about and how many different things that you were ruminating over. Have they come true? Did any of them come true? And if they did, what was the, the ratio of thoughts to anxiety? And if they didn't, what a waste. What a waste of thoughts. What a waste of time. And and not only that, but if you can if you can identify them as statistically unlikely or illogical. You get a bit of power over them when they come again, because although they might feel real or might feel likely, you know that every other time you've had these similar thoughts, they've been just as unlikely and just as ridiculous and just as out of character for people. And knowing that, knowing that the thoughts that I'm currently having are most likely, you know, when I'm in those bad, bad frames of mind, they're most likely not going to happen, gives me some power to combat them, to ignore them, to let them go. And the final thing on my wall is a status check. And I've just got some basic questions. Am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Am I sick? Because sometimes physiological symptoms can uh, manifest as um, a mental illness. When I'm run down from too much exercise or, you know, combined with when I'm hungry or tired or when I'm extremely thirsty... I can start to feel anxious or depressed. You know, maybe it's a symptom of overtraining or, you know, low blood sugar levels. Whatever. These physiological symptoms can present like a mental illness. So I need to make sure that I've 
eaten well, that I've had some water, that I've slept, and that I'm not sick. Because some of the times I can eliminate the, the mental concerns by addressing the physiological, physiological concerns. So that's my list. Now, like I said, I've got it on my wall so that I can see it when I need it. It's not for me when I'm in a good place. It's for, to remind me when I get down, I need to do those things. I would strongly suggest that you do something the same for you. Don't recreate my list. Find one that works for you. So I haven't really got any got on there anything that's overtly social because for me, when I'm in a bad mental state, socializing is one of the last things I want to do. However, if you're an extrovert and love going, you know, nightclubbing, dancing, or being in a crowded mall makes you happy, then you'd put that on there. This list is for you. So put on there what works for you and what has worked for you. And just make a commitment to yourself. The next time you're in a bad mental space, you're going to look at the list and you're going to trust your past self and you're going to give it a try. So please let me know if you do this and how it works and also what you put on there because I want to see what helps other people because maybe you can help me and maybe I can pass it on to, to the rest of you to see, you know, get a group list going of what helps us all. Um, if you want to see a picture of what's on my wall, um, I'll put a link in the show notes and you can get an idea. It's just a simple word document. Anyway, good luck. Thanks for listening. And if you're after more content, I also have a blog that I update regularly, as well as a one-minute video series where I'll be sharing insights on a variety of topics, including mental health, motivation, psychology, and philosophy. I'm releasing a new video daily. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please do me a massive favour and either review it on iTunes or recommend it to two people. Share the link with them and tell them why they would enjoy listening to it. Finally, I'd love to hear from you, so please connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Zachary P. Phillips. Links to these, as well as anything discussed, are in the show notes. Thanks.